And uh, it's just uh, amazing to me uh, how fast time flies. It just seems like it was just a couple months ago we were celebrating the coming in of the year 2019. And now here we are in the year 2020. Wouldn't this be a wonderful year for the Lord to return? Amen? That would be glorious. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's uh, just pray for Pam Compton and George. Uh, you know, Pam's mother went home to be with the Lord uh, and uh, just a couple days before Christmas. And uh, in fact, on the 23rd, she went home to be with the Lord and the funeral service is tomorrow. And Pam, our heart is with you and praying for you. She's in the service, her and George here today. And we're praying that God will comfort you. Uh, but it, we know that she got to celebrate Christmas with the true King of Kings, not in a babe in a manger. Amen. So we're just praying for you that God would comfort you uh, tomorrow. And uh, we have many people back home who visit, it, uh, who visit us when they get a chance, uh, when they get back in town to visit their loved ones. We're just so glad. If you're here and you're visiting with us today, would you stand? And uh, you're here maybe seeing relatives. Just stand up. We want to recognize you. Just, just stand up. Just stand up. Thank you, guys. We're glad to see all of you. And it is good to see Nicole Swartz, mom and dad here. And this is Pastor Allen and Joan Young. God bless you. Good to have you here. And you look awful relaxed this morning. Amen. God bless you. And Matt Swartz, uh, Mom Nancy Swartz with us in the service also. God bless you guys. And uh, I told uh, Nicole Swartz, I'm going to have your dad preach for us sometime. And I believe he's a very good-looking preacher, so he'll really do a great job. And one day when you come down to relax, we'll put you to work. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that so very, very much. How to face your future. That is my thoughts before we take uh, Holy Communion this morning. And uh, our future is an amazing thing. In fact, James deals with the subject of the future. How, how are we biblically going to face the new year coming up? In fact, James chapter 4, verse 13 and 17 says this, and I want to read it to you. This is what James says. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to, we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog or a vapor. It is here a while, then gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. We are going to look at this text today and see what James gives us some specifics on how to face our future. In fact, Americans have always been a very forward-looking people. In fact, an article in U.S. News and World Report was said that we are obsessed with the future. We want to know what's going to happen next. We want to know all about the upcoming new year, the next decade, the next century. We're curious where is the future going to take us? And we are a people that, are, that that's very much preoccupied with the future. 
It's amazing to me how people try all different kinds of things to forecast the future. Some try to find it in tea leaves, believe it or not. Uh, some try to find it in fortune cookies. That's pretty cool. And uh, some people look at astrology, palm reading, seeking out psychics and all of this stuff, trying to find the future. And uh, we try different ways to grasp the future. It's interesting to me as a pastor and dealing with many New Year's services, everyone faces the future differently. Some face the new, uh, the new year with great fear. Uh, and they, they're just afraid of what the new year is going to hold for them. Some people face the future or the new year with anxiety and worries. Just worried about what if I get sick this year? What if I die this year? Some uh, face the future with eagerness. They have great aggressive plans and they're going to do this and do that. Some face it with anticipation. Some people face the new year with great reluctance. Some face it boldly. Some face it confidently. It is amazing how we look at the future or the upcoming year. But James is basically saying that as we look at the year 2020, we need to look at it through the lens of faith. And what is the Christian viewpoint toward the future? How am I to relate what happens? And what should be my reaction to what happens to me in this new year? And James in this passage talks about how to face the future. And there are three mistakes that we commonly make that we should be aware of. And he gives us a warning in that little small text. Number one, the first common mistake is planning without God. Planning this new year without God. In fact, James 4.13, he says, Look here, ye who say today or tomorrow we're going to, to a certain town and we're going to stay there a year and we will do business there and make profit. There's not a single mention of God in the entire business plan. He knew what he wanted. He knew how to get there. But he didn't check out with God. The book of Proverbs says over and over again that it is a wise thing to make plans but that's not what James is talking about. He's talking about making goals and plans without God. It's great to have dreams, but as long as you include God, as you pray about it and seek the Lord, it is then that God will give you the solace and the peace and the confidence to go forward into the new year. There's nothing wrong with, with what this man is doing in the text except for the fact that he forgot to include God. In fact, the second thing I want you to think about this morning, and that is its second mistake, is presuming about tomorrow. Thinking that tomorrow is going to be ours. We don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen in the year 2020. In fact, James 14 and 16 says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Now, there's a couple reasons we shouldn't presume about our tomorrow. And that is, number one, life is unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen tonight, much less a year from now. All we can do is make guesses, and life is so unpredictable. One day it's great, and the next day it's the pits. 
One day it's a day of great hope and anticipation of great joy and success, and the next day things can turn so quickly. We can be in a bright spot one moment and then in a very dark, closed spot the next. We shouldn't let that frighten us, though, because life is uncertain. Just let it cause you to trust God more. Let it cause you to be more dependent on God. And may I say this, as long as you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, He is your Lord, He's the captain of your life, He will lead you into that place of blessing and security. No matter what, His will ought to be the most important aspect of your life. And as long as you are fulfilling God's will, all of the sufficiency and strength to be able to get through the year is going to be there equipped for you. Amen? God's blessing will be upon us as we trust him. And the second thing is life is not only unpredictable, life is brief. He says we are but a vapor, we are but a mist, a fog. The word vapor is a Greek word that speaks of atmosphere, It's like a fog. It rolls in in the morning, but it's burned off by noon. Who knows how long we're going to live? None of us do. It's interesting to me as I look back over my years of of living. I'll be heading for 65 here soon, and it's amazing to me how that every generation, even in, in my church life, I have looked back and I've seen generations of people shift and move. When I was a kid, I was looking at an old album, and uh, I, I looked back and saw the congregation in my father's church. He was a pastor. And, and uh, I looked back and I s- looked out over the crowds of the people. Someone took pictures way back in the late 50s and 60s. And that whole generation's gone. They're already in heaven praising and worshiping God. And, and here we are today in 2020, and here we are another generation, but yet another 20 years or 30 years from now, we're going to be in heaven, and then hopefully if the Lord tarries, there will be another generation coming behind us, and we'll pass the baton to them, and they will carry on the work of God on the earth. Life is brief. How does the Bible describe our lives? He, he says our life is like a leaf. It, it's vertical. It's beautiful. It's strong and green. And then all of a sudden it begins to fade. The grass is green in the summertime, but as the fall comes, it, it begins to, to wither. And then the shadow or the cloud or a puff of smoke, we're only one heartbeat from eternity. I don't know how long I'm going to live. Life is short. It goes so fast from hot wheels to wheelchairs, diapers, dignity, and then decay. Oh, boy, what fun. Life is brief. But we cannot presume we have the rest of our life, and we cannot take tomorrow for granted. Therefore, we've got to prepare ourselves to make the best of today. The third mistake is putting off doing good. James 4, 17 says this, remember it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. One of the greatest sins that a believer can really commit in his life is to know Jesus Christ, to know that God has a plan for his life and a will and for something for you to accomplish God's purpose and design of creating you is to accomplish something for his purpose and for his glory. Life is not about you, it's all about Jesus. He created you for his purpose. Amen. He created you for his glory. And you're not to be the center of the show. Jesus ought to be the center of it all.
I like what James says. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. And he's talking about the issue of procrastination, the mindset of I'm intending to do it. And we love to put things off. James says, but that's a trap. Because you know the right thing to do doesn't mean you're going to do it. We think of evil activities, murder, committing adultery, cheating, lying, stealing. Those are sins of commission. But there's another kind of sin, and that's called the sins of omission, missing the plan and the purpose why God has created us. I must remind you, because there are things I ought to be doing, you, you, you can be a part of a legalistic church and not drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or run with girls that do, and you don't do anything, but you still forget God in your life. Christianity is more than simply avoiding evil. If all the Christian life was a bunch of don'ts and don't do this and don't do that, then everybody who is dead would qualify as a Christian because they don't do anything. You see, procrastination is a subtle trap. It's the land of someday I'll, one of these days, and you never do it because we presume upon tomorrow. One of these days, I'm going to get serious about God. One of these days, I'm going to really get committed. You know, and this year, we've, we've talked about really as a church stepping up and uh, praying for the finances of our church and really buckling down and saying, hey, I just want to be an asset to the body of Christ. I just want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And we talked about, and Brother Butch has done a beautiful job to, to lovingly to, to point to our church the things that we ought to be doing as believers and to encourage us to, to take a step forward and to pray for God's blessing upon our work. And it includes every one of us. God has a plan and he has you part of that plan. He has you part of that purpose. And you need, need not to wait till your ship comes in or, or wait to serve the Lord later when you have more time. But now is the time. Now is the time, and as we approach the end of days, as we approach the end of our lives, now we realize this is the time to accelerate. Stop sitting around and saying, someday when I can. You can do it now. It's just a matter of faith, and when you put faith to action, it is then that things are going to happen in your life, and you can and will accomplish God's purpose for your life. And I just want to make a note here. I praise the Lord for, as I look back, in this 2019. This has been a year of trials, uh, but these trials, God has used them to strengthen us individually. It has strengthened us and challenged us and caused us to think about the kingdom of God. It's caused us to think about the work of God and to realize the most important thing that you can do in life is to gird up and to strengthen the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a world that is dying and going to hell. One thing the devil wants to do is shut down places like this place where the gospel is resounded, where money goes out around the world to support missionaries, where the gospel of Jesus Christ is herald so that men might hear and that men might come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And when you become part of the greatest work of God on the face of the earth, it is then that God blesses you and fills you with purpose and he 
fills you with strength. And my friend, I want you to know that your greatest days are ahead because when we lay down our burdens from this life and we enter into the kingdom of God, it is then that we can rest. It is then that we can celebrate down through the annals of time, celebrating the goodness and the greatness of God. And boy, I hope and pray it comes in 2020. Amen? Wouldn't it be great to happen? Wouldn't it be great? You see, we worry about the duration of how long we're going to live, but God worries about the donation, about what you're doing with it. What are you giving to the Lord? Am I making my life count or frittering it away on non-essential things that are not going to count through all eternity? God says, make your life count. Do it now. Whatever you intend to do for the Lord, do it now. Not next week, not next month, not next year. Do it now. What about the future of 2020? What is the message? What is the challenge for you and for me? And that is facing the future of not being presumptuous, that procrastinating another day is going to be there for us to do what God intends or what we intend to do for God, but rather embracing the moment, giving of ourselves, stepping up and helping with kids' block, stepping up and helping with the nursery, stepping up and helping with the welcome committee and saying, you know, I want to do something to lift the church. I want to do something to help God's people. I want God's work to grow like it's never grown before. I want to do something to make my life count for eternity. I hope and pray that 2020 will be your year, that you can get rid of the intentions and you can do it now. Do it now and say, you know what? I don't want to go to heaven and say, well, I was planning on this. I was planning, but that doesn't count. And there's no reward in intentions. There's only reward for the things that you have actually done and served him. James says, Life is but a vapor. It's a mist. It rolls in and it rolls out. You think you're going to live a long time. You'd be shocked if some of us knew the deadline. Our life is brief. Don't presume because you have a lot of time, you're going to do a lot of things in the future for the Lord only when you have time. The fact of the matter is, James says, face the future with faith in God. Put him in the center of your plans. Make sure that he's front and center. It's all about him. And make sure you don't presume on tomorrow. And just trust him. At this time, we're going to have our communion service.